baseball gets this right. I sure miss the game. Tonight, long gone summer, the 30 for 30 story of the 1998 home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa airs at 8 p.m. on ESPN. You can see political commentator and baseball historian George Will in tonight's 30 for 30. And George was kind enough to come on with us today. It is George Will. How are you, sir? I'm very well. How are you? Have you seen the 30 for 30? I have not, actually. <laughs> uh, I, I suppose I'm looking forward to it. I, 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 it's been so long ago since we did that that I I don't remember what I said. I feel like I'm the uh, the only one in the United States that has an advanced copy. We had Chip Carey on last hour. We had uh, A.J. Schnock on yesterday, the uh, director. So you did this interview for tonight's episode when? About a year ago? Uh, probably, yes. Wow. So what do you remember? What sticks out right away when you mention 1998? Is there a specific game or just the home run race in general? Well, it's the home run race in general. I, I have to say that while it was going on, I remember thinking in the back of my, what's left of my brain, <laughs> this is fun, but is it baseball? That is, the, the idea that baseball should be reduced to two guys who we now know were chemically enhanced mm-hmm. uh, slugging away like this. It was a great spectacle. It was probably good for a game still recovering from the strike of, of, two, of uh, 1994 and the loss of the 1994 World Series and the late start to the 1995 season, all of that. But um, as I said, it's good for baseball, but I'm not sure it quite was baseball as we like to think of it. Right. Well, Sammy finished with 66 home runs in 98. In 95, he only had 25 home runs. In 96, he had 36. In 97, he had 36 home runs. So the previous three years, George, he didn't even hit over 40 home runs. And then suddenly, June hits and he has 20. Well, it. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we can draw our own conclusions that uh, this was this was the heart of the steroid era. Yeah, it was going to extend into the lurid, prodigious numbers put up by Barry Bonds in the early years of the 21st century. Uh, we now know that, uh, as all baseball fans know, I think to put a, an imaginary asterisk over those numbers as we read them. And uh, there's a reason why neither Mark nor Sammy are in the Hall of Fame or apt to get there anytime soon. Do you think they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, I, 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 you know, the Hall of Fame has to decide whether it's a museum or a shrine. We speak <laughs> of people when they're voted into the Hall of Fame and say they have been enshrined in Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's a shrine, then it, we have to be true to the instructions that are actually given by the Hall of Fame to Hall of Fame voters. And it says you should consider not only their achievements as they can be distilled into numbers, but also as they contribute to sportsmanship and the uh, integrity of the game, in which case it becomes very problematic for them, for Barry Bonds, for Roger Clemens, and some others. Mm-hmm. And A-Rod, and the list goes on and on. We're talking with political... On and on. We're talking with political commentator and baseball historian George Will. If people don't know, you grew up in Champaign. Your dad worked at U of I. Did you grow up a Cub fan or a Cardinal fan or just a baseball fan? 
Well, I, I Evan, as you know, that's right at the dividing line oh, between yeah. Cub fans and Cardinal <laughs> fans. And the local TV station down there on Channel 3, the sportscaster was Red Shandine's brother. Oh, boy. Uh, and I'd say more people were Cardinal fans and Cub fans. And at an age much too tender to make life-shaping decisions, I chose to be a Cub fan rather than a Cardinal fan. <laughs> which uh, didn't pay off until 2016. <laughs> did you cry when the Cubs won the World Series? I did. <laughs> I did not. No, I was... I, 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 happiness affects me in a different way. Oh, George. I mean, you've suffered longer, way longer than me. I mean, I, I figured maybe I shed a tear. Nothing? I go back to Phil Cavaretta and Andy Pafko and Bob Rush and oh, boy. Gene Hermansky and... Roy Smalley and Wayne Terwilliger and Dee Fondy. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about it. That's a lot of losing. Bob Rush was one of their top pitchers in the 50s. I mean, uh, wow. You just named off a lot of those names. You saw Ernie Banks play, right? Ernie started in the mid-50s. Oh, 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 he started about 1954, and I, I have framed in the entryway of my office in the Georgetown section of Washington the Chicago Tribune front page from his first game. And the Chicago Tribune front page, that is, of the sports section, from his first home run. So I saw a lot of Ernie Banks. Wow. And just what a special person he was in real life. I mean, he was Mr. Cobb, a great baseball player, but an even better person. Yes, he was. And to maintain that good cheer through all that losing was uh, superhuman. <laughs> that is for sure. Long gone summer, the 30 for 30 story of the 1998 home run race between McGuire and Sosa airs tonight at 8 o'clock. George Will in the show tonight on the phone with us now. Here we are present day, George, still struggling with with uh, racism in our society. As we look back at 98, you had two guys of different skin color, of different race that brought the country together for a brief moment. Crazy, isn't it? Well, it is, but sport has been doing that for a very long time. The, uh, I, I think the three most important African Americans in American history are Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, and Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, in 1947, uh, when he broke the color barrier in baseball, was the spark that lit the fuse that blew up Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was such an elegant man, such a natural aristocrat, uh, so proud and so accomplished. Probably the greatest, not the greatest baseball player in Major League history, but the greatest athlete in Major League history. He was a football star, a track star. He picked up a tennis racket one day and won a tennis tournament. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, he was he was just a stupendous athlete. Uh, with the with a, an even even much more impressive character. Oh my gosh, I never knew that, George. Are we going to see baseball this year? I'm afraid so. No, I'm going to have to explain that answer. Okay. Uh, yesterday, the owners made what will be their final offer to the baseball union about the number of games. Uh, the union rejected it and said it won't make a counter offer. So the negotiations are over on the basics. The commissioner has the power under agreements to set the number of games in this season. So he will set a number probably at something between 50 and 60. Yep. And we'll play this, this season. The whole point of this 
truncated, jerry-built, make-believe season is going to be, now this depends on the commissioner also. The commissioner wants to have a postseason, which is where the money is. That's where they make the, the money, right. That's correct. And they, they he wants the postseason to include uh, uh, I think at least 16 teams. Now that means we're going to have an, an entire phony little season to eliminate fewer than half the major league teams. It's getting to be as bad as hockey. Uh, so it's, it's going to be hard for a lot of us to take this quite seriously as a championship season. So let me give you two horrible thoughts. <laughs> suppose someone, maybe Mr. Anderson from the Chicago White Sox, suppose uh, he bets 406, Ted Williams batting average in 1941. Suppose he bets 406. Right for this season, so-called, I'm putting the season in quotation marks, and suppose the Cleveland Indians, who haven't won the World Series since 1948, win this so-called World Series. Are we going to say, gosh, now we have the first 400 hitters instead, Williams? And are are the Cleveland fans supposed to be satisfied and happy? I doubt that either either of those facts will obtain. Right. So true. You know, George, we've, we baseball could have been the first sport back, the American pastime, bringing back some normalcy to our lives during quarantine, and baseball just keeps blowing it because of greed. What's going to happen next year when they have to negotiate that contract? Are they going to go on strike and ruin it even more? It's going to be horrible for not only first, there's enmity on both sides now that's, that will simply not dissipate. Second, uh, the players take the financial health of the game as measured by the free agent market. Well, next year, the free agent market is going to occur with 30 teams still digging out of the enormous financial hole produced by this season, including the fact that the, play, the ball clubs are probably going to lose money on every game they they play this year. Mm-hmm. Third, uh, the collective bargaining uh, is going to take place before there's been a, a proper cooling off period. Yep. And with the players thinking that they were forced back to work uh, under circumstances that, that they deeply resent. So I, I think this looks bad. And here's, what, here's the context in which this is going to occur. There have been seven consecutive years of declining attendance in Major League Baseball. The market is saying something. One of the reasons there have been seven consecutive years is that the games are much too long. One of the reasons the games are much too long is there's far too little action in them. There's about three minutes uh, on average between a ball being put in play. That is, we now have this sport of the so-called three true outcomes, walk, strikeout, home run. Uh, And none of those is the ball put in play. We have these stupendous athletes, Javi Baez, for Pete's sake, uh, Arenado of the Dodgers, uh, uh, all of these wonderful athletes, and they stand around waiting for someone to put the ball on the ground or in the air that someone can catch. <laughs> so you, you, you have you 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 have a, a sport that is by the, the relentless assessment of the of the market is right now in a kind of crisis, and with with. At a moment when it needs to appeal to people, it's not. Say, well, 
You say, well, the, 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 the TV ratings are still good. Well, that's true. Their TV ratings are good in each regional market. Mm-hmm. But the average baseball fan, I have been told, who watches on television, watches 50 minutes of a game and then turns away. And I will bet, I don't know this, but I will wager that the average age of the uh, uh, television audience for baseball is 65 or older. The demographics for baseball are ominous. George, if you're trying to cheer me up, I don't think it's working. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in the cheering up business. (laughs) George Will on the phone with us. You know, uh, you talked about this current season. You have uh, star players like Mike Trout, who has a pregnant wife who's worried about his health or her contracting the disease. We We may not see these star players playing this season. So it could be these. Uh, Gar- the other uh, uh, highest paid player in America, Nate Garrett Cole, his wife is also pregnant. So these guys may not even play. So we could just have these rosters with players that we've never even seen before. Yeah, I mean, I have to confess that I was at spring training in Arizona when the uh, spring training was called off. And I have to confess. I'm somewhat shamefaced in my confession that my first thought wasn't, oh, woe to the country because the pandemic has hit. My first thought was this is going to rob us of, of the age 29 season, which is sort of the peak season for most people, the age 29 season right. of Mike Trout. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was our first thought, what is going on? And then we started thinking about our health. but. George Will, I know you're a baseball purist. I, I, you know, you and I, um, we're both baseball purists. But what do you think of the miked players? You talked about how they need younger players. Or they need younger viewers. What do you think of miking up players and having cameras on the baselines? Are Are you in agreement with that? Absolutely. Uh, cameras on the baseline. The cameras just give you a view that, that you didn't used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't affect the play of the game in any way. With regard to miking the players, I'm for that also. Uh, the Anything that gives people a sense of immediacy. This is a, a generation that is used to instant satisfactions of the Internet. They're used to the, the sense that all things pos- technologically possible should be actual. Uh, they are tomorrow's customers, assuming baseball is going to have customers tomorrow. Right. And for that reason, anything that makes the telecast more interesting, the better, particularly until they get serious about uh, improving the pace of play. 30 for 30 tonight is called Long Gone Summer. You can see George Will in the 30 for 30. It airs at 8 p.m. on ESPN. And George, before you go, I want to ask you, give me your thoughts on the police shooting in Atlanta this weekend. I feel like, well, we know the police are under a microscope. How does this keep happening? Uh, I know nothing about of the details about the the shooting in Atlanta. Uh, let, let's be clear about something. The vast majority of American police are honorable and skillful, and they, they have a job that is extraordinarily dangerous and demanding. They are required to make split-second decisions, often in the dark, often late at night, often under pressure, and uh, 95%, make 95% of their decisions properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, I, I don't want to say, I mean, there obviously, there are some bad apples. There are some bad apples among the dentists, lawyers, and journalists in this country. 
so the, the, no profession is exempt from this. The, the stakes of, in policing, however, are more uh, are higher and more public and more chronicled than, thank goodness, the mistakes that we journalists make. Right. George, thank you for coming on. We'll uh, check you out tonight. Are you, you're excited to watch as much as we are. Even though I've seen it, I'm going to watch it again with my 14-year-old son. Well, I, I'll, I'll be thinking of you, and I'll be watching. Thanks a lot. You're the best. That is George Will, everybody. Quick break. It's 720 WGN.